We give thanks for all the ways that we can give glory to God, including music and listening and words. So let us now listen to this epistle reading from Romans chapter 8. The verses I'll be reading are verses 14 to 16 and 22 to 24. Let us listen for the word of the Lord. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. When we cry, Abba, Father, it is that very spirit bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, grown inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. For in hope we were saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. David Wilcox is a singer and songwriter from Asheville, North Carolina. And before one of his songs called Fearless Love, he starts with this story. I don't know how long it had been since these neighbors had even talked to each other. I think it had been about two years, maybe. And it started over the dumbest thing. It was just that stray cat. I mean, one of them thought it was theirs and then went over to the other porch there across the little field, the valley there, and the other farmer took it in. And each of them thought it was their cat, and every time they'd start talking, they'd just start arguing about it. And so then they just quit talking. And so that was when the traveler came through looking for work, so, and one farmer said, well, yeah, you say you're a carpenter? I've got some work for you. You see that house across the field there? Well, that's my darn neighbor. You see this little ditch in the middle? Well, he calls that a creek. He dug it up himself with his plow. He went up the hill and changed the way the whole stream would run so we could have a trickle dividing us, going right through there. Well, if he's going to try to divide us up with that thing, I'll just as soon finish the job. I want a fence all the way across, all the way high, so I don't have to see him. I don't even want to have to look over there and think of him. Can you do that? And the carpenter says, well, yeah, I could do that. I would need a whole lot more wood, but I can get started on what you have in your shed over there. You'll have to go into town for the rest. So the farmer does. He loads up his truck with some lumber, and by the time he comes back driving up that old rutted road in his truck, he looks out into his field, looks out expecting not to see his neighbor, seeing a high fence instead. But where that new fence ought to be, the carpenter had built a bridge. A bridge out of his wood onto his land, and here comes his neighbor walking across that bridge, walking onto his land, hand outstretched, a big old stupid smile on his face. That neighbor comes right up to his truck and says, you are a brave, brave man for building that bridge. I didn't think you'd ever want to hear the sound of my voice again. I feel like a darn fool. Can you forgive me? And this farmer finds himself hesitating, but then saying, oh, heck, I can forgive you. I knew that was your cat. And then he looks over, and the carpenter's walking away, and he says, hey, hey, I've got some more work for you. And the carpenter says, you'll be fine. I'm needed elsewhere. 
David Wilcox's story is full of the stuff of real life, silly arguments, and the slow building of barriers. And yet it also has something else, the simple acts that cross boundaries and start to chip away at barricades. Where do you draw boundaries? After all, many boundaries and borders are natural and helpful. We create them to tell us where we are, who is responsible for what areas. We draw them around farms and families, around nations, and even our own personal needs. In seminary, we had to do healthy boundary training to teach upcoming pastors about relationship ethics and also personal self-care. Boundaries themselves are biblical, as we can hear in the beautiful psalm today, where the psalmist describes how God hems me in behind and before. We are creatures bound by space and time. We live in a world of flesh and finitude. Boundaries are real, and they can be helpful. But it all depends on what we do with these boundaries. How do we construct these lines in the sand, and how do we treat people who are on the other side? In the past week, our news cycles have overflowed with tumult found at the borders in our world. And if you are like me, the world's events have worn you out. You resonate with the words that Paul says, all creation is groaning. We cry out, Abba, Father. The Presbyterian Church has made statements about these events, and it is in our CNN or our news feed every day. We can hear about the over 50,000 child refugees who are fleeing their homes in Central America to seek protection and refuge in the United States. They cross borders by climbing on deadly freight trains and following guides through the desert. Some even pay to have an actual coyote walk with them. These are children as young as five, as old as teenagers, who are desperate to cross borders at the risk of their own life and limb, landing them in this country illegally. There are some who have protested the buses of children, declaring that since they are here without the law's support, they are not our responsibility. And then there are the Palestinian Jews, Christians, and Muslims who live in the Gaza Strip. As Hamas and Israel fire rockets back and forth, there is no place for civilians to go. Borders are locked down on one side by Israel, on another by Egypt, on another by the sea, and so the bombs rain on their heads, and over 400 Palestinians have died so far. Even small children on a wide open beach aren't safe. Walls and borders imprison them. We can draw boundaries in our life and have them be helpful. But once we draw boundaries and decide that we are actually the good guys, those boundaries quickly become places of fear. We fear them over there. We begin to believe that we are so utterly different from the people on the other side that we cannot even talk to them, even if they are our neighbor. So we ignore them and whatever else they are going through. And maybe we dig a creek, then maybe we build a wall, and we tighten our control with blockades and checkpoints, and we declare that if you're not with us, you're against us. Or maybe we don't actually go that far. We just build a fence around our own comfortable lives, just high enough 
that we cannot see over it, and we do not have to think about anything else, and we can settle into our simple status quo, focusing on the things that we can control and giving thanks that at least we aren't on the other side. Boundaries are biblical. God has created us with certain boundedness. We are shaped, made, and known by God, and we can never go beyond God's presence. And yet the boundaries of Psalm 139 are not small spheres of fear-filled violence and loathing. The boundaries of Psalm 139 are immense canvases that stretch our imagination to their farthest limits, revealing the vast expanse of God's love. Where can I go from your spirit? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and settle at the farthest limits of the sea, even there, your hand shall lead me, shall hold me fast. We watch what God does in the Bible over and over again and remember that our natural human divisions do not confine divine grace and love. Christ himself is made known by how he traverses boundaries. He heals on the Sabbath, speaks to the unclean woman who touches his hem. He tells stories of laborers who are paid equally and a dignified father who tumbles forth to meet his wayward son. Jesus himself hangs on a criminal's cross and then exposes how even death will not imprison resurrecting love. We are bounded creatures made and known by God, yet Jesus crosses those boundaries to make God known to us. This is why Paul describes our Christian faith using the language of adoption in our Romans reading. He is describing how we can rethink even the most biological of borders. Families are natural boundaries in the world. We define people as in-laws or extended family or immediate family. We love to draw up lineages and genograms and genealogies. And drawing lines around family does bring some sense of order to the world. These lines are helpful. And Paul is not saying, throw out all those boundaries. It is a free-for-all now. Instead, Paul is saying, we have all received the spirit of adoption. New boundaries are about to be drawn. The lines you thought were rigid are actually beautifully malleable when the breath of the Spirit breathes upon them. A few years ago, after many prayers and emotions of discernment, a friend of mine and her husband decided to adopt. The adoption process was not easy. It took them through intense ups and downs. But eventually, eventually Christy and Keelan became parents to Letty. And Letty is now a joyful four-year-old. And as of three months ago, a big sister to the dimpled Ella, another girl that Christy and Kellen have adopted. Christy wrote about Letty's adoption, saying, We still vividly remember first meeting our baby girl in the hospital. Only 12 hours hours old, she was screaming her lungs out and red-faced, and yet we were still in awe of her beauty. We gently held, fed, and rocked her, this baby we had been praying about for years, a hope and a promise come true in flesh. We made vows to her that night to love her unconditionally, to care for, nurture, and raise her to the best of our abilities. 
Because adoption is so special, it is why we tell our daughter every day that she is a beautiful, beloved child of God and that God adopts all of us, that we adopted her, and that she is the most perfect baby for her parents. They read, Christy and Keelan read the book, God Found Us You, to their daughters. And she says, we don't want to keep the fact that she has adopted a secret because it is such a special part of her story And indeed, as Christians, it is a special part of all of our stories. We were all hoped for and received with joy by the grace of God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Indeed, our heavenly parent knew us before we were even formed in the womb. Each one of us has this remarkable story of adoption. Each of us has this story, a story of how we were claimed by God before we even knew our own name, a story of how we have been known and loved even in our darkest, most shame-filled moments. Christ crossed into this world and took on the boundedness of human form and frame so that we might understand that we are being adopted and invited into a new story. And this Christian story is not about who upset whom years ago, who is opposed to whom now, who is building the moat, and who is building the fence. This Christian story is about something bigger than ourselves and our conflicts. It is about naming that something is happening that does not stay within the limits of our expectations and our imagination. This story is about taking small steps in our everyday life to cross barriers and redefine borders, because Christ continues to reveal what boundless grace and love look like in this world. Our world, our lives, even the simple events of our everyday will overwhelm us at times. That is a fact. We cannot fix everything, no matter how much we try. However, We should not let the fact that we cannot fix everything keep us from changing anything. We can ask ourselves, where are we drawing boundaries? Are they helpful? And how are we treating people on the other side? We can come together to both support and stretch each other's strongly held convictions. We can sing songs that do not put ourselves at the center, but instead focus on God of the sparrow and the lone wild bird of the spirit. We can sit together and pray as we do now, admitting out loud where our hearts are breaking and where they are bursting with joy. We can take tentative steps out of our comfort zone and move across the aisle, the room, the city, and sit down with the person who's on the other side. This is what we try to do when we host walk-in each week or caritas or, caritas or risk. And when we do second course, which starts up in the fall, we'll engage in the work of pushing each other in conversation and Bible study. Boundaries are helpful. But boundaries crossed with love by the grace of God are transformative. In 2009 to 2010, I served as a chaplain at Duke University Hospital, a major medical center. I was part of a cohort of residents who covered different units for the whole year. 
The campus was big, and our offices were located in the south building, while the inpatient units and the emergency department was over in the north building. It was about a 10-minute trek between them. I shared a small office, smaller than even this pulpit, with two other people, Nick and Stuart, and we were all in the south building. We had a lot of work to do in that office. We had to chart our visits and draw up spiritual assessments of new patients. We had to write reflections and read books and articles on pastoral care. Within the four walls of that hospital was a natural place to do this work. But one day, about halfway through the year, I finished typing and I faced the prospect of another trek over to the hospital and all the visits that were over there. And I turned to Nick and I said, you know, sometimes I get so overwhelmed thinking about all the needs over there in the hospital. Nick nodded slowly, agreeing with me, and he paused and said, yeah, but I get a lot more overwhelmed when I'm sitting here in the office thinking about it. When I get over there, it's different. His words hit me. He was right. It was different once you left the office. It was different once you got over to the hospital and started knocking on doors, checking in on people you know, introducing yourself to people you didn't. It was never easy to show up and do these cold calls, but it was different, less overwhelming. Once I would start checking in on people, chatting about Twilight with one high school girl, or video games with one boy, or hearing a mom talk about how well her newborn baby was doing that day, I would stop thinking about all the needy people over there, and I would just start walking, taking steps across one threshold and then another. Eventually, over the course of an afternoon, entering patient rooms as a chaplain became less about figuring out what I could do and more about seeking where God was. My cozy, comfortable, tiny office was an important place to work, but it was also an important place to leave. I needed to cross campus and then cross thresholds in order to discover where the Holy Spirit was at work. After all, these were children of God, God's own claimed, adopted, and loved. I cannot explain why they were there, why they were dealing with such tough medical situations. But I do know that even in the four walls of that hospital, in each of those rooms, God was present. Friends, there is no place we can flee from the Spirit. We are made and known by God. And so let us, as we read the news, as we meet each other, as we go forth into our everyday lives, let us seek those borders and boundaries where God is being made known to us. Let us pray. Lord, we are humans, and you are as a wild bird of the Spirit, still with us, never leaving our sight. Great Spirit, come and rest in us and help us to stretch our imagination.
beyond the borders of our comfort. In your holy name we pray. Amen.